How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine? So great a mercy, what heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me His own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the one who sent me. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. Lift salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living God. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me then came the morning then came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Hallelujah. Praise the one who sent me free. 
Quiet my mind and be still my soul. Restless heart rest in Jesus alone. Let worry turn to waiting, pain turn to your presence. Let fear fade to faith, shape this broken vessel. Hold on to me when all is dark, when I cannot see. Carry me through today and the worries of its own. Cause I know in my weakness you are strong. You're the lamp unto my feet, my hope and my song, Jesus. Blankets of mercy, I'm covered in your love again. Grace, you're overflowing in the heart, you're all knowing. The melody for fear and unbelief in the sake for love. Hold on to me when all is dark, when I cannot see. Carry me through today and worries of its own. Cause I know in my weakness you are strong. You're the lamp unto my feet, my hope and my song. Glory in the 
apart from you there is no god light of the world the bright and morning star your name will shine for all to see you are the one you are my glory glory in the Good. Well, hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday evening, if you will. And uh, it's good to see you. See everybody's healthy. That's important, huh? Nowadays. So we're going to wrap up the book of Joshua tonight. And uh, then we'll be going into the book of Judges. Uh, also, we're wrapping up. Uh, well, Dr. Kendall here is, is here this Sunday. 
And, uh, but we'll be wrapping up. Uh, John is wrapped up. I did it with 21 that wrapped it. So uh, then uh, the week after, I'm going to just go through the New Testament with you. And then we'll start the book of Acts the next week. <clears throat> so let's pray and jump in the Word. Father God, we, we're so thankful for your presence. And we love you so much and we trust you. Uh, Father, we pray for a hedge of protection around us in this country. Uh, Father, the, the violence and the lawlessness is extremely disturbing, but we have to give that to you and trust you. And we do, Father. We, we ask that you take it and we ask that you calm things down and we pray for your blessings and we pray that you have a hedge of protection around the, the churches and Christianity. Now tonight, Father, is... Uh, we end the book of Joshua. We just praise you and thank you for your teaching and, and the words that are in the book. And it's been such an interesting book. So many interesting highlights in it. Uh, Father, we just praise you and thank you and pray for your protection throughout the week. And we look forward to being back here Sunday. So with that, we turn it over to you in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. So the book of Joshua ends with the, I guess, could you call him the the old soldier, he, he was really a soldier, wasn't he? Saying farewell, his parting address was kind of sad, as are nearly everyone's last words. Uh, they showed a deep concern of Joshua, who ob observed a growing complacency on the part of Israel towards what was left of the Canaanites. They were kind of getting lazy and complacent with respect to the joint occupancy of the land that was to have been exclusively theirs. Complacency uh, can happen very easily, and it sneaks in, and uh, you're in trouble. <clears throat> if you know your Bible and you've studied for years, you know the history of Israel in and out and up and down and uh, walking away from God then getting in trouble and then returning to Him. With Israel's enemies <clears throat> almost wiped out, Joshua knew well the danger of the people's letting down their guard. Before he left his role in active leadership, he felt an urgency and obligation to warn them that continued obedience to God's commands was absolutely necessary for the continued enjoyment of his blessing. I think you remember a couple of weeks ago, I, I was reading a commentary, a, a new one that I have, and... and um, uh, the, the gist of it, and, and this is a huge paraphrase, but <clears throat> a saint got to heaven and he wasn't particularly concerned about his salvation here on earth. He didn't read the Bible or pay attention or necessarily go to church or wasn't very active. And, but he made it by the skin of his teeth. Of course, he was saved by grace through faith, huh? not through works. But he got there and he met Ezekiel. He met Ezekiel, and Ezekiel said, well, you, you know I wrote the book of Ezekiel, and, and I'm interested to know how you liked it. And there was a pause, and he says, I, I don't know, Ezekiel, I never read it. Now, you don't want that to happen when you get there, do you? Mm-mm, mm-mm. But that's one of my concerns, and it always has been, and it happened with Israel, and it happens with us in America, and so many people, complacency and compromise. There's another word I really dislike, compromise. 
Now, I know we all have more things than we can do that we'd like to do better sometimes than read the Bible. Uh, there's an there's a, uh, ad on television now, and the graphics are wonderful, but uh, it's a Bible app to put you to sleep at night. There you go. But the Bible puts too many asleep anyway. You, you don't want to do that. Read it when you're awake. Have a cup of coffee. Amen? Don't go to sleep. Golly. Anyway. And in that respect, it's completely and totally applicable to us as well. Everything is applicable to us. And we're a rich nation. You might not think you're rich, but you're rich. There's people over in India and China and, and all over the world that have, don't even have a Bible. They certainly have no electronics. They're lucky to have a, uh, a set of sandals, a pair of sandals to wear. And I know the Africans, when they go to church, they, they dress up in their finest uh, garb, their suits. And they might only have one suit they got from somebody, and it might not fit very good. But, and they have that one tie and that one shirt, but they wear it. And, and you know it's so frequent when the, our pastors go over there to teach in Africa. <clears throat> They'll teach an hour and a half, maybe even two. And then they kind of end the service. And so frequently, frequently, not uncommonly, but frequently, the, the pastor will go up and he says, you're taking a break? <laughs> because over there, they teach the Word all day. Amen? Amen? So anyway, but that's a concern, and we pray for you guys all the time and everyone, and, and the people aren't here that aren't here. So let's, uh, let's do Joshua's farewell address. Uh, 23.1, Now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua was old, advanced in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, and for their judges, and, and for their officers, and said to them, I'm old, advanced in age, <clears throat> some 10 or 20 years after the end of the conquest and distribution of the land, Joshua called Israel's leaders probably to Shiloh, uh, where the tabernacle was located, to warn them earnestly of the dangers of departing or separating or leaving Yahweh, separating from God. And and I've got to give you, an, I, I don't know why tonight, but I'm full of factoids, but this is the way we operate. If everything's ham and jam and good, we have a tendency to back away from God. We almost need those 9-11 emergency situations for us to draw back to him. And I'm speaking generally, and I know this is the same with everybody. We, we have to keep our eye focused on him, and we have to cleave to him, and we have to encourage ourselves to, to go after him. Amen. All right. They'd come without hesitation in response to Joshua's call to hear the last words of the great chief, and he re repeated his central message three times. Verse 3, you've, you've seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. See, I've divided to you by lots these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes, from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. Well, humility, not taking any of the glory from God. And each and every one of you know that, I pray. 
<clears throat> Joshua reminded the leaders of Israel that their enemies had been defeated because the Lord their God had fought for them. Period, over and out, case closed. <clears throat> the, battle were, the battle was the Lord's, not his, right? Just like with us. If you can remember that, it'll make a huge difference in your life. The battle's the Lord's. And it's spoken of in Psalm 44, verse 3. Now, as for the Canaanites who lingered about the country, the, the Lord God would push them out also that is, so Israel could take possession of the land they partially occupied. Now, you all know if you know your Bible, Joshua didn't get rid of all the people he was supposed to. So there were remnants throughout Israel, and there were remnants today of those tribes. <clears throat> And they're still a thorn in the flesh, aren't they? Six, therefore be very courageous. Is this cutting in and out a little? My head. I'll try and look up or down. Therefore be very courageous to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. Unless you go among these nations, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them nor bow down to them. That's not hard to understand. That was pretty clear cut, right? But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. So passing on the very words Yahweh had armed him with when he instructed him to cross the Jordan. Be strong and of good courage. You've heard that before, haven't you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And once you get that planted in your brain, even here in Elko, Nevada, or Spring Creek, you will always have him no matter what. And you'll come to the point that throughout the day, any insecurity, any even remote feeling that he's not there, you go back to him and ask him, Lord, I need to fill me right now. Come back into me right now. Because we can get in the flesh so quick, it'll make our head spins. So, again, your God is with you wherever we go. Courage and obedience were the graces that led to the successful conquest of Canaan, and they were no less important now. Specifically, Joshua was, was concerned about them backsliding and get hooked up, them getting hooked up with pagan gods. Instead, he exhorted them to hold fast to the Lord. This was a big deal to the Lord. And the Israelites just couldn't wait to blow it. Couldn't wait. Verse 9, For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed, pay attention to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. That period should be about this big around. Or else, <clears throat> I, or else if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you and make marriages with them and go into them and they to you, 13, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you. So if you do this, I'll bless your socks off. But if you do this, I'm going to unleash the hammer. He tells them, Deuteronomy, the whole book. But they shall be, but they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your side and thorns in your eyes 
until you perish from this good land, until you die, which the Lord your God has given you. That could not be any clearer, could it, you guys? Joshua again affirmed God's past faithfulness to Israel. Yahweh fought their battles for them, and though some of the Canaanites still remained in the land, wherever an enemy had been encountered, he had been overcome. Israel was then solemnly exhorted on the basis of divine interventions on their behalf to love God. This would require, first of all, a desire, a want, a desire to please God, to be aware of his truth. Now, the temptations were all around them, just like they are us, no difference. And would be strong to forsake Yahweh and cleave to the people of Canaan, even intermarrying with them. And that was the big no-no. God said, but if you disobey what I'm telling you, if you blow it and intermarry with them, this is what I will do. And then he lays it out for them. Black and white, clear as can be. I mean, throughout the Bible, that's how God functions and operates. So I don't think any of these people can say, I don't remember, I don't remember hearing that. Um, I remember years ago, <clears throat> I had a lot of relatively young people, say 21 to 26, working for me. And I had a set of rules, complete, exhaustive, even to the point that I told them they had to iron their clothing. And furthermore, I said, ironing your white shirt is not driving over it with your Volkswagen with snow tires. That's not ironing it. So what I had to do is I had to have them read these and reread these rules every three months and sign them. And then when they broke them and we had to let them go, um, they, they didn't have much to say. So uh, God didn't write that down for them, but he told them through his prophets and Joshua and everybody. They knew that they knew that they knew that they knew. No excuses. That's my point. Behold this day, I'm going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has not failed. Has failed. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all the good things have come upon you which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things until he has destroyed you from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, you have gone and served other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land which he has given you. I do not see how it's possible to be any clearer than that. Do you? Joshua again gave them the score. He emphasized that he was a dying man, hoping that this would make his words sink maybe more deeply into their hearts. Once more, he spoke of God's incomparable faithfulness to every promise. As the old, uh, old soldier looked into the future, he could see Israel's potential for, here it is, Israel's, how about America's, sinful compromise, sinful compromise. Look what we've done to God. Look what we've done to the schools. When the schools started in America and the colleges, they were all Christian, taught the Bible. I frankly can't believe from year to year that we're allowed to have a Good News Club or CEF. That's why I think it's the most important ministry in this church. I really do. 
and that God's anger would burn against them and they would perish from the land. Their battle wasn't military, but spiritual. I believe if Joshua were alive today, he would say the same thing to our nation. Well, we've, we've done so much. Joshua's final charge to the people. So Joshua's last meeting with the people took place at Shechem. Uh, whether the second gathering occurred right away or sometime later, we're not told. The geographical setting is interesting in that Shechem, a few miles northwest of Shiloh, was where Abraham first received the promise that God would give his seed the land of Canaan. Abraham responded by building an altar to demonstrate his faith in the one true God. That's from Genesis chapter 12, 6 and 7. Jacob also stopped at Shechem on his return from Padan Haram, and buried the idols his family had brought with them, foreign gods, idols, and earrings. Oh yeah, even him. Genesis 35.4. After the Israelites completed the first phase of the conquest of Canaan, they went on to Shechem where Joshua built an altar to God, inscribed the law of God on stone pillars, and reviewed these laws for all the people. That's in Joshua chapter 8. <clears throat> Certainly the stones on which the law had been written were still standing. These were strong reminders of that significant event. If you recall, uh, in 832, if you recall, they'd written on the stones a copy of the law of Moses. But here's the deal. They were cut without tools. The stones were inscribed without tools. In other words, they were simple. Man couldn't get into the into the deal by bringing his showmanship by embellishing stones with fancy fonts. That was important to God. You might not understand that, but he, he wanted just as simple and plain as it possibly could be. Some suggest only the Ten Commandments were written, while others think the stone inscription included the contents of at least Deuteronomy chapter 5 through 26. Now, archaeologists have discovered similar inscribed pillars six to eight feet long in the, over there. Uh, that's not uncommon. Now let's go into Joshua 24 and wrap it. Uh, then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads and their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor dwelled on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir uh, to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. I also sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them. Afterward, I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them, and covered them, and your eyes saw what I did in Egypt." Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. <clears throat> and I brought you into the land of the Amorites who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you. But I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel. 
and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore, he continued to bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you. And the, also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. <clears throat> Verse 12, I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I've given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Simple, serve the Lord. Well, the second farewell message, this one to the people, was delivered at Shechem. Joshua reviewed the history of the people of God, beginning with Terah and continuing on through the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <clears throat> he reminded the people of the mighty deliverance from Egypt, the wilderness wandering, and the victory over the Moabites on the east side of the Jordan. Then he recounted their entrance into the promised land, their victory at Jericho, and their destruction of kings in Canaan. The darkness in verse 7 points back to Exodus chapter 14, verses 19 and 20, where the cloud produced light for the Israelites and darkness for the Egyptians. Just one of those things that God did that is so very cool. In this short summary of history from Genesis to Joshua, one outstanding fact is evident, and that is the sovereignty of God. Now notice how he tells the story. <clears throat> Listen to this. I took, verse 3. I gave, verse 4. I sent, verse 5. I brought, 6 through 8. I would not listen, verse 10. I delivered, verse 11. I sent, verse 12. I've given, verse 13. God, these are the things that God did. Jehovah's, Jehovah works according to his eternal purposes, and no one can hold back his hand. Such a God is to be feared and obeyed and revered and loved. Amen. And I pray each and every one of you have that overwhelming, reverent fear and love for him. Because he's with you constantly. You can never be alone or afraid. He's always, always there for you. <clears throat> Verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. You dwell, of course, I think of Bob Dylan. Everybody's got to serve somebody, huh? <clears throat> but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you have that on your, painted on your door or your mailbox or your, Amen. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do, amen. The choice here was not between the Lord and idols. Joshua assumed that the people had already decided against serving God. So he challenged them to choose between the gods which their ancestors had served in Mesopotamia and the gods of the Amorites that they had found in Canaan. <clears throat> Joshua's 
noble decision for himself and his household had been an inspiration to succeeding generation of believers. But as for the me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And of course, I love that just as much too. <clears throat> Let's pick up in 16. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our uh, did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way that we went in among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for He's our God. <clears throat> but Joshua said to the people, "You cannot serve the Lord." For he's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions for your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he's done your good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. Yeah. But when things are good, you let down your guard. Huh? Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. 23, now therefore he said, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your hearts to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. <clears throat> Pardon me. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart each to his own inheritance. And I won't say everyone did what was right in their own eyes. When the people promised to serve Jehovah, Joshua said, you cannot serve the Lord. This means that they could not serve Jehovah and worship idols too. Can't do both. Joshua doubtless realized that the people would drift into idolatry because they had foreign gods in their tents. The people persisted in promising allegiance to their God. <clears throat> so Joshua erected a large stone marker under the oak as a witness of the covenant made by Israel. The sin of idolatry seems to have been one of Israel's problems. Biggest problems, I guess I could say. Huh? Their earliest ancestors served other gods, as we've seen. And when Jacob and his family left Laban, if you recall, it was Rachel who carried off her father's gods, right? Remember that? hit him in the tent under the saddle. But when they arrived in the land, Jacob ordered his household to put away these strange gods. And he hid them under an oak tree that was by Shechem. And in the same place, Joshua urged his generation to put away the gods which their father served. So it's pretty clear how they operated, how they functioned. Uh, this is in the book of Joshua, but we've discussed this in other books in the Bible. And boy, he told them. And I, again, he was so clear-cut, and I respect him so much for that. I, I love the black and white, personally. You know, I don't like gray, or kind of maybe, or this or that, or, you know. If you do that again, I'll tell your father. 
again? Okay. So <clears throat> that concludes the book of Joshua, and it was a great book. So with that, let's pray and uh, get uh, the worship team up here. Father God, we just thank you again for your presence. And we thank you for the book of Joshua. It's been an extraordinary book, and it's been a privilege to teach it. Uh, so, Father, again, we, we thank you, and uh, we love you. And remind us of these things, Father, that to keep our eyes focused on you, to keep looking up, to have oil in our lamps, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to read the Word, to seek you. And, and, and I pray for parents and families when they have discussions, the mom and dad around the table, that they pray in front of their kids, and their kids will see how they make those decisions, and then they will follow. So, Father, we just thank you, and for the rest of this night, we praise you. We look forward to Dr. Kendall this Sunday, and we give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand? Listen, glory. 
Nothing is greater, brilliant creator, friend of mine. My lips, my lips will sing, my heart will bring praise to you, the Holy King. My lips will sing, my heart will bring praise to you only beautiful jesus beautiful savior nothing is greater brilliant creator friend of mine perfect in Matters in glory. Nothing is greater. Brilliant creator. Friend of mine. Nothing is greater. Nothing is greater. Brilliant creator. Friend of mine. Nothing. Nothing is greater, brilliant creator, friend of mine. The love of God displayed for us as crimson covered. to serve you, help us to truly surrender to you and to understand what that means, not to kind of surrender and still do what we want or to come to church thinking that that's surrendering, but Lord, that we would truly model our lives after what your word tells us, because Lord, we desperately need to be ruled and reigned over by your spirit. So, Lord, have your way in us. Help us this week as we um, surrender to you and allow you to speak to our lives and to lead and guide us in every moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.